Hey folks, welcome to a special episode of Tinseltown Thunderdome, where we'll be reviewing Mortal Kombat. As you guys know, we decide the subjects of our Thunderdomes based on movies that are about to come out. In our previous Thunderdome, we covered video game adaptations ahead of Mortal Kombat's release. Just a heads up, there will be spoilers in this episode. If you have not yet seen Mortal Kombat, pause now, go watch it, and get over here. Joining me today, as always, are Matt and Aaron. What's up, guys? I am really excited to be here. First special. I've got my peanut butter ale ready to go at it. And we also have Matt. What's going on, dude? How much? Just happy Lord Raiden invited me to this Thunderdome. <laughs> let's just get right into it um give me y'all's initial thoughts on this aaron you want to go first okay so there was no tournament but there were plenty of one-on-one gory showdowns ending in eye gouging fatalities it's not good but it was plenty fun that's 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 more concise and incisive than than you'll have from me you your your uh your words would would slice up a body but mine are are just more pedestrian. I, yeah, I, um, I think it's an improvement on the previous um, adaptation. I enjoyed it. I thought it was faithful to the gameplay, which is, I don't know if it's a strange thing to say, but the fatalities and moves were incorporated in nostalgic ways that I thought were fun and also gory enough to be worthy of the original video game. The story was contained enough to be okay. I enjoyed it. Not an amazing film. I think we all seem to be falling in the same realm of uh what you mean the earth realm or outworld? I think we're in the void somewhere between. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're probably in the void somewhere. Isn't there a void in there? Yeah. Yeah, it's like the realm where they can't get a whole, like Raiden takes them to, well whatever. We're safe here in the void. I had the same thought about this movie as I did Godzilla versus Kong, which is this is an incredibly stupid movie. But I had so much fun watching it. I, I think we seem to all fall in that yeah. general area. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, my realm. I want to just point out, though, that the beginning of the movie was a massive sleight of hand. I was like really getting sucked in and thought like Tom Cruise was going to jump out at some point. <laughs> and it was such a great period piece. And I was I mean, it was really well done. And then and then we pivoted to Mortal Kombat and like it's almost as if it was like this like poetic film was being crafted <laughs> and it was really beautiful and the scenery was amazing and then suddenly we were <laughs> thrown somehow forward in time but then back in time to the 80s or 90s yes. action flick realm yes. it was just a total it was full on 80s yeah it was yeah. so strange full on 80s with like 2020 production value and I would say more 21st century century economy of storytelling in that there were bookends with the Scorpion story. And it was a little smarter storytelling than like 80s and 90s, but everything else was a total 80s, 90s action vibe. Wait, wait, stop. Hold on. 
Did you just say smarter storytelling? I mean, yeah, I, I'm not saying it was smart storytelling. I, I'm saying it's smarter storytelling than than like um, Super Mario Brothers or something. Well, yeah, no, no, oh, okay, God. okay. If we're comparing it to other video game <laughs> adaptations, well, I would, yeah. it's, no, it's it's that's fair. I will give it that. I, I mean, I'm I'm thinking a little bit about the world building, and it's amateurish, you know, like yeah, for sure. And, and the movie's all a setup, right? It's all can we can we get them hooked in? with these like really fun action sequences so that we can then transition to having Ryan Reynolds play Johnny Cage <laughs> in the sequel and have a tournament. That's amazing. Okay. Okay. Wait, before we get to that, let, let's back it up a little bit. Maybe let's give the viewers a bit of a recap, a very short and sweet recap of the movie. Are we going to, spo- are we spoiling this for them just out of curiosity? Yes. Okay. I mean, can it be spoiled? I mean, is it even possible to spoil Mortal Kombat? It's like the Titanic. We know it's going down. A lot of characters die, but I feel like that that is short-lived. In terms of story structure, there are some spoilers, I guess you could say. But let's get into that really quick. Jump in if I uh, am missing anything. I'll jump in like Goro and rip your head off. (laughs) The movie opens with Sub-Zero killing Bihan and his family. Then we flash forward to the introduction. Wait, I think you just, I just a, want to like point out. I think Bihan is Sub Zero. Bihan becomes Sub Zero, and Bihan kills Hanzo. Right? What? Oh, did I not say that? Somehow Bihan died in your initial. Oh, okay. No, Bihan kills Hanzo, who becomes Scorpion. Oh God, this is already getting ridiculous. <laughs> We're already taking Mortal Kombat way too seriously. Yes. Um, we get to the point where we are introduced to an entirely new character of Cole Young, who is a washed up MMA fighter. Dud. Cole Han. (laughs) (laughs) He is Hanzo, so Cole Han. Anyway. Cole Young is being recruited by the character who later becomes Jax. He, you know, teams up with all the Avengers of the Mortal Kombat universe. (laughs) They go to Raiden Simple, but... Instead of actually going to the tournament of Mortal Kombat, who's that? Who's the main villain? Shang Tsung. <laughs> yes, that guy um, is trying to sabotage Mortal Kombat by preemptively killing all of Earth Realm's champions. He's a real soul sucker, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Preventing Earth Realm from competing in Mortal Kombat, thus Outworld taking control of the universe but instead all of his champions get killed before the tournament (laughs) the good guys do a lot better than the bad guys anyone at home could follow that that's just as about as much as the audience can follow it through the movie but it doesn't matter because there's a lot of fighting this movie's all about the fatalities yes and the fatalities are pretty awesome they are and they weren't in they weren't in the 1990s adaptation the film did a really good job of not taking itself too seriously. It played up all of its eighties, nineties vibes and it bisected bodies. And, you know, like the gore was great. The fatalities were great. And even though there wasn't a tournament, which I think we all wanted to see, it's a good, it's a good lead into a sequel. I'm, I'm actually kind of excited for the sequel, even though I'd probably never would have watched this movie. Had we not done a video game episode for the Thunderdome. Let me just go back to the plot really quick. And I think we can definitely see that this movie is not taking itself seriously. 
And I think the movie made a good decision to to be as lean as possible yes. when it comes on plot. I, I know that was a major quibble people had with Godzilla versus Kong, which is that they were so bogged down in movies like this that are just like ridiculous plot wise. And once you start to like scratch at the surface, you're like, this is nonsense. Movies like that always do best whenever they're just like don't worry about what's going on or any backstory this is the main point of this movie buy into it or just leave if you're not buying into this we don't care and i think this movie they just dug their heels into that strategy and i think it worked out really well yeah i I agreed i I think they um they didn't overthink it (laughs) and in this case that worked really well and um you mentioned that they didn't do the tournament. I think we all deep down wanted to see the tournament, but looking back at it, I think it might have been a good choice, especially with this idea of a sequel to subvert the audience's expectation. So I don't know that I actually didn't mind that the tournament didn't come about. Well, they sort of reversed the sequence of the the, the two movies in the nineties, which is like well, anyway tournament and then Outworld Invasion. I'm actually glad they didn't have what's it, what's the main guy. From the first Mortal Kombat movie, Liu Kang. Yeah. Isn't that, yeah, Liu Kang. I'm actually glad they didn't have him as the main character, partly because he is just like has no personality. But I, I can't help but think that like all of the characters had no personality except for Kano. Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought that Sonya Blade had personality. She just wasn't exactly an interesting personality. It was like, <laughs> I'm a badass bitch and like, I deserve to be in this, you know, battle to the. I don't death. have the dragon. Yeah, I don't have the tattoo that appears spontaneously. But is that a thing in the game, by the way? That like she doesn't have there the ha- tattoo. There have been so many, it? so many renditions of the game. I don't think it's something in the first or second one, which are the and the fourth one, which are the three I played, which maybe is too many. Yeah, some some someone's gonna correct us on this. Yeah, we I'm can't. Sure. I don't think we can go toe to toe. We're gonna get our spines ripped out. <laughs> yeah. So Cabal was a good alter ego to Kano. He wasn't as intriguing as Kano, but he was he carried a little bit of weight. There was a little bit of kind of snarky New Yorker going on there. <laughs> I love the accent choice. So random, but I just I bought it. I was like, let's go. I don't care. <laughs> Anything they threw at me, any punches they threw at me, I was just like, yeah, I'll take it. Like, let's go. I'm on for the ride. Did you guys? Okay, so I only played Mortal Kombat at the arcade. Uh, same. I literally played at the movie theater arcades. I played it a little more than, but not as much as probably most people who are my peers. But I, 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 I had the game. Which was y'all's favorite fight, and which was y'all's favorite fatality? I guess. Well, there were no babalities, as far as I remember. That that would be quite the the non serious turn, and I would have enjoyed that. Wait, what? Babalities, you in. In Mortal Kombat 2, you could turn them into you could turn your opponent into a baby. Oh my god, what the hell? You never man, you 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 have yeah, you can oh man, babalities. Our 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 listeners know about this. If babalities came up in this movie, I would I also would have just been like, let's go with it. I love it. <laughs> it would have been, it would have really made it for me, but it would have been an absurdist <laughs> twist, which would have been awesome. Okay, well, which what's y'all's favorite fight in fatality? I mean, I think it's cliched already, and the movie's only been out a couple of weeks, but the bisection of the body was yes, you know, I that's mean, mine too. <laughs> because because also, I thought I thought Kung Lao was going to bite it then, and yeah. the fact that he whips that fatality out <laughs> because they build up his opponent so much. 
Yeah, and the best part of that was his reaction while he was doing it. Like it was a great reaction shot of him, just like, "Oh yeah." When they went for the full cheese too, and he just goes, "Flawless victory!" Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and that was because they went for that. That was great. I mean, again, like some of the one-liners Kano went for were really, really awkward, fell flat. Yeah, but but that one, it's like you've got to go for that cheese, and 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 it was it was a self-referential one, and that was great. So, but but the yeah. best fight, I mean, in my opinion, was the very first one, Bihan Hanso in the forest. I enjoyed that fight in in terms of physical movement and um, the way they were. It it was more interesting for me as a fight, but obviously. Fatality wise, it was less creative. Yeah, I liked uh, the, the the opening was definitely very cinematic. I think I was really drawn to not to sound like really pretentious, but like the mise en scene of this of the scene. It was like an old great like samurai movie. In terms of like fights, I really liked Kano ripping the heart out of reptile no, it's rep- rep- reptile. reptile reptile that's it yeah who in the game is is just a green scorpion slash sub-zero right there are many okay, characters okay. like that uh, uh, you know him smoke noob Sabah. yes okay i was wondering i was like who the hell is this reptile guy but i assumed it was reptile well, when he ripped his heart out, i was like oh they're they're gonna do fatalities to kill characters and yeah like that was that was saved the movie if they hadn't done that that would have been really boring i think not that i have like a lot of bloodlust but you know. <laughs> they seem to have like really corrected the wrongs that they did with the PG-13 rating on the first movie in 95. I think there was a backlash and I think Warner Brothers was given, giving the people what they wanted. Now, do you, Aaron, you mentioned this so earlier and I'll get back to it now. Um, are you guys interested in the sequel that they set up? But, but, wait, before <laughs> we get to that question, um, we've been mentioning Johnny Cage or yeah, Johnny Cage, uh, Johnny Cage actually was not in this movie. So the movie ended, there was a cliffhanger of, um, Cole Young going to recruit Johnny Cage for the next Mortal Kombat tournament. Um, and he says like, I'm going to Hollywood. And then we see a poster of, of, um, Citizen Cage, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. That was was like, I was like, fuck it, let's go with it. Well, they need to make sure they cast someone with abs of steel. And other than that, they, they can, they've got their pick. Well, okay, before we get to who we think may play Johnny Cage, which I'm kind of interested to hear what you guys think on that. Are you guys looking forward to a sequel? I am. I'm, I'm going to say I, I do not often fall prey to the sunk cost fallacy, and I'm not here either. I would not, again, as I said, would not have watched this movie had we not had a reason to do it. But having watched it, I was entertained, and they've hooked me. If, if there's a tournament for this next thing, and it's mainly going to be focused on like beheading and eye gouging and blood squirting. I'm going to watch it. Like it's just, it's too good. And the visual effects are too good to not, to not give me exactly what I'm paying for, you know, on my monthly HBO max <laughs> subscription. Well, it's funny you mentioned HBO max because I, I don't need a sequel. I don't want a sequel anytime soon, but if it comes out, and it is on HBO Max, and I have the subscription at that point. Sure. Those are my three conditions. <laughs> I'm not going to go to the theater and pay for this. <laughs> That's where I am. If I happen to have HBO Max, if I, have, if I happen to have whatever streaming services is on, probably HBO Max, and it's on there, and I don't have to pay anything extra, I'll watch it. Yeah, that, that's pretty much where I'm at. Aaron, you mentioned Ryan Reynolds for Johnny Cage. I mean, if it's not Ryan Reynolds, it needs to be like, I don't know, 
Zach Efron or Channing Tatum or something. Yeah, you, someone who has some comedic ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that those are good. good Maybe Chris good Pratt, but he'd have to lose some weight. He's done. He's done it before, but I don't think he he wouldn't work. <laughs> I don't think they're going to get any A list for this. <laughs> well, I mean, Ryan Reynolds was asked whether he would potentially take up the role. And he tweeted a gif of himself as Johnny Cage. So I, I don't put it past him. He's been known to take yeah, lesser true. roles. Maybe. Uh, I'd be surprised if he did that. Yeah. I mean, how does how does this stack up with our, our, ma- our, you know, our slate that we had in the video game episode, those eight films? We had no video game adaptations in that list of eight. Um, would this have made the cut? Or how did this stack up against adaptations that didn't make the cut? So I mean, just from pure numbers, we know it wouldn't have made the cut. Uh, well, sorry, let me let me rephrase it. If we were going to insert it ourselves, so we're not we're not putting it in based on its IMDb Rotten Tomatoes, it would not have made the cut. But do you think it would have made it anywhere on that list? If not, how does it compare with like Sonic the Hedgehog or some of the the higher rated video game adaptations? It would not have made the cut for me. Yeah, I'm I'm same here. Yeah, I I mean. It would have been probably kind of in the like 15 seed range. <laughs> like it just, you know, it's, it's not, it's not up there. And I think Sonic was a better movie. Jim Carrey as Johnny Cage. Sorry. That actually would be fantastic. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I don't think it would have made, it wouldn't have made it past the flash voting round in our Thunderdome. It, it oh, wouldn't definitely. have oh, been no way. any of the yeah. films. It, it, it doesn't even make it into the top four of video game adaptations for me. Is there a scenario where a Mortal Kombat adaptation could crack that top eight and get up there with like Jumanji? You know, like what could they have done? What could have been done to pull that off? For me, no. The problem with Mortal Kombat, and I think this is the... I actually, after we did our video game Thunderdome, I... Uh, was listening to this guy who made a comment about video game movies. Um, it was actually in lead up to Mortal Kombat coming out. And he mentioned the fact that these adaptations of video games into movies or even in TV shows, but primarily movies, are sort of at the starting point handicapped because a lot of the video games that we see adapted or we have seen adapted up until this point have been video games that were from the era of Mortal Kombat. And those games were not story heavy. And it was all about the action of the video game. Whereas now video games have become more cinematic and become more focused on the storytelling. And I think that actually has a lot of promise for video game movies to come like especially with The Last of Us coming out. Yes. Um, I know it was a noteworthy one. But for me, no. I, like, I, it's hard for me to imagine a Mortal Kombat movie being able to pull off anything great unless you had a tremendous amount of creative liberty being brought to the table or a creative invention because there's nothing there. Like, what's the story there? I don't, I mean, I'm not a Mortal Kombat expert, but <laughs> there's not like deep character development. I, I don't think I agree with you. I don't think there's anything that could, could catapult this among the elite video game films, which is not necessarily the most elite of elites. But the the whole Cole Young device, there are so many characters. I think like the first adaptation in the 90s chose Liu Kang, even in this story, like Sonya Blade could have been the central character as the the, you know, the one without the mark sort of the every, you know, the every person. And 
you could cut out that, I don't know, that whole plot with the MMA fighter. And I don't know, it was that supposed to like kind of humanize the Outworld tournament for us? Yeah. Did y'all like Cole Young? I mean, I get the I, feeling, Matt, you did. I thought, I thought his daughter was his lover in the beginning. And not just in the beginning. Like as it progressed, when Goro came after his family, I had forgotten by that point that that was his wife. I thought it was his mom. I, I was all confused. And it was mostly because I wasn't very invested in that character. Yeah, the the age of the casting was a bit distracting. Yeah. I mean, she she looked like she was at least 14 or 15, and he looked like he was in his mid-20s. Yes. Or a late 20s. And I was like, hmm. And the way she was interacting with him was a bit like, I don't know, jokey, flirty, anyway. Yeah, I knew they were like using expletives and yeah, I, yeah. did at one point did she call him by his first name? Or maybe I'm making that up. <laughs> I had felt almost like there was a bait and switch, like it was almost like a reveal that this isn't the girlfriend, this is the daughter. I'm like, that's a weird reveal. Like why why were you trying to make me think that that was his girlfriend? But it might have just been that I watched this late at night and I was not too focused on Cole Young. I thought he was he was a foil for every other character. Sure. His point in the film was to to serve as this springboard for all these other subplots or that's not subplots, but all these other battles. Sub zero plots. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, and, that was um, a Kano one liner. And you know, his even his fight with Goro wasn't interesting to me. It was one of the least interesting of the flights. The yeah. fights. It was a bit of a flight too. But I I think just to go back to the point of like, could Mortal Kombat somehow create the kind of movie that would be intriguing? And could any of these early films, sorry, early video games that have been adapted into films somehow be interesting as storylines that we are engaged with? They tried really hard. They created, they tried to world build. What was it called? The Akana or Arcana? Arcana. Arcana. Oh, okay, the Arcana. Um, like there is this like idea of like trying to invest in this world building exercise, but they were also still sort of straddling this world of you know being true to the video game, the geometry of it, and the way it all functions. I think the only way that you could do that is to really be in the kind of Deadpool vein of making abs- completely absurdist. Irreverent jokes. Totally. About it. Yeah. Well, so on yeah. that note, I, I think a Hollywood executive just just possessed my mind, and I'm sitting there, you know, at Warner Media. We have James Gunn. What if we put James Gunn on this? Can he make this amazing? Well, this is this is I think of a of a, a larger conversation of why video games haven't sort of hit the mainstream in in filmmaking in the same way comic books have. I mentioned this to you guys privately until proper filmmakers, uh, no offense to all filmmakers who have done mediocre video game movies up until this point, but until really skilled filmmakers get attached to these projects, we're not going to see really, we're not going to see the dark night of video game movies come out anytime soon until that happens. And I think we may get that with the last of us um, Mm -hmm. as an HBO series. But again, that is a video game that is intrinsically more sophisticated I think Mortal Kombat would actually have done better if they made it even leaner and made it more John Wick style 
of like, I don't even need any dialogue. Mm-hmm. I don't even need any subplots. I don't need a family. John Wick's just like, you, we open the movie of John Wick. His dog is killed. His wife is already dead. Dude, by the way, I haven't seen um, John Wick, but and, I know that about it. Oh, okay. No spoilers, but that's it. We just get a lot of fighting. And I could have done that with Mortal Kombat. Or like, I would have been happy with something like that. Yeah, I think that's. I, I like I like the the Sub Zero Jax thing. I mean, it's like you have you just have a, a sequence, a, a series of these types of engagements over. I don't know, maybe maybe even better. I don't know. Did any of you guys see the Expendables or any of those early? Nah, no, I didn't either. But it, clearly, the writer <laughs> from that movie is the writer for Mortal Kombat. And oh, I don't is know it? If, okay. um, I don't know if that plays a role in the the director. And at least one of the writers have like zero filmography. Yes, that's this, this is the yeah. beginning of their filmography. The director did a good job. Well, yeah. I think Greg Russo. I think I don't know if he did on spec. I actually don't know, but I, the you know the, the writer without filmography, I think may have been the genesis for this. But I, 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 I believe that. But this Dave Callahan guy, who at least had some role, oh, he's in, in he's a Marvel person too. He's at least partly involved in Marvel. Uh, what is it, Shang Chi? I think and, and Spider Verse um, too. Well, there you go. So that's a that's a solid. I don't know how again how major a role he's played on those, but clearly he's involved. But if you had attached a different director to this, here, here's what I want for a video game movie. I want Taika Waititi to take the same kind of approach he did to Thor to some video game adaptation and say, Hey, let's just take this and flip it on its head and do something outlandish with it. Let's stop taking it seriously, which it already wasn't doing, but let's take it even less seriously. And let's like bring in some random characters and make this really interesting. And we need that for, even if it's early video games that have zero story to them, we need something like that to legitimate the video game adaptation subgenre. The thing is, I think I think in the mid '90s, adaptations like Super Mario Brothers and Street Fighter actually tried to do that, but it was just so off the wall. It was garbage, uh, and, and so it's like yeah. I think because there have been those misfires, there's probably some fear about just totally missing the mark. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I don't want to like start beating a dead horse, but I really do think these video games, with the fact that they have so little story to them, you really just have to lean into what you're playing that video game for. Young boys and girls, primarily boys, are playing Mortal Kombat to click a bunch of buttons and do a bunch of cool fight moves and have some some crazy gore and do some crazy cool fatalities. Yeah. If I got a movie that was an hour and a half long where whoever the main character is, is just going through a series of fights for whatever simple plot purpose, that's fine with me. Once you start to do more than that, you're, it's ju- you're just a try hard and it's just going to be so evident. And, and I think if you try too hard to invent a story that isn't there, even if it's good, it's like, but wait, this is a Mortal Kombat movie. Why are you trying to do something more sophisticated? Um, So I think you're sort of destined to fail if you try to do something more than just give the people what they want. So let me ask this question. If each of you could have any video game adapted into a movie, what would you pick? Movie and or limited series? No, just a movie. Let's stick to the world of, of cinema. Okay, I'll go first. Metal Gear Solid, which 
they, I believe, are making. And then I would definitely say Last of Us, which they're also doing. <laughs> but then I would probably say Fallout. It's been a while since I played Fallout, and I kind of have forgotten the storyline. I just remember liking the concept. So wait, now pick one of those and pick a director to attach with it. Oh, man. Metal Gear Solid. And then... Oh, man. Who would I want to direct Metal Gear Solid? Uh, probably Christopher... Christopher McCreary. McCreary. McCreary from Mission Impossible. Yeah. yeah that, that, that'd be, I think that's a great matchup. Matt? I struggle because I, 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 I stopped playing video games in, like, 1999. Well... Um, you think about it. I'm going to give you mine. It's one that I ha- couldn't divorce myself from. The director from this potential adaptation, the moment I played the video game and the moment I saw Hellboy, Guillermo del Toro and Bioshock. I knew you were going to say Bioshock. It's just such a quirky, unusual, and the aesthetic is very Guillermo del Toro. And it's eerie. Like, I I don't think I've ever played a video game where I got more sucked in and yet felt more uncomfortable the later it got in the evening. You know, it's like two in the morning and I'm still playing and I keep glancing at the window, like wondering where, you know, the villain's going to enter my house. And and yet, even in the game, you're also, it's, it's like perpetual suspense. Like, you almost never... It never fully actualizes, but I think that's the kind of video game I want to see turned into um, a creepy film. Totally. That, that has a quirky plot line with like quirky main characters that I think could make for a really interesting. I think the video game movies that are well suited for adaptations are the horror genre. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just think there is a massive mine of content that is just going to be tapped into soon. I, I genuinely think if The Last of Us turns out really well, that's going to be the floodgates opening up. This is a real lame answer, but because my, my video game experience is very much linked to the past, it would be some sort of Legend of Zelda adaptation where you just do a tight 90-minute quest. And, I mean, this is I'm reaching, for, <laughs> reaching here. I'm not a huge Ron Howard fan, but if he took his Willow approach, it could be it could be pretty fun. So, anyway. Yeah, I mean, the way his work on Solo was amazing, so I think he's, he's primed and ready. Not Ron Howard of Hillbilly Elegy? No. Amy, Amy Adams could be Zelda. The Hillbilly Elegy was on my mind. So when you said Ron Howard, I was like, oh, God, where is this going? <laughs> I would probe further, but I think that is far afield from our topic today. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, this was uh, this was exciting. I, I feel like I have exhausted my my Mortal Kombat musings. Yeah, I don't really. Toasty. That's a reference. Did you know they filmed a toasty scene, but they cut it? They did. See, that that's the thing. They needed more tongue-in-cheek kind of fun yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, wait. Okay, wait. The last thing I, I want to comment on, I think this is probably my favorite part of the movie, actually, more than any of the fatalities. When Kano is training with Liu Kang, Liu Kang does the, the kick where he like swipes his sweep, leg sweep. Yes. Leg sweep. That's it. Yeah. He does the leg sweep like three times in a row. And I loved how Kano 
I love how that was like a moment where the movie acknowledges <laughs> it's sort of like a fourth wall breaking uh-huh. where like every person who doesn't know what they're doing in terms of playing the actual video game just clicks that button. So he does the leg. I, I, that's what I do when I'm Liu Kang. I, I've never known how to play Mortal Kombat. I've never <laughs> known the combinations. I just click buttons. And that is what happened to me constantly. So I love that the movie was calling out people. Uh, that was great. That's why I said like what it did best was it adapted the gameplay in very satisfying ways. And 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 and, and other video games adaptations haven't done that. So I, I I appreciated that about it. I think that was like one of the few times I've ever seen a video game movie actually make sort of a meta reference on the game playing itself. Hmm. But I don't know. I'm sure someone could dig something up. But all right, guys, it's been a pleasure hashing it out over Mortal Kombat. I don't know if it deserved this amount of time of us hashing it out, but it was fun. I did like also that they made fun of the spelling. Sorry, I've got to say that. Like they they oh, were yeah. separate. That that was really a nice moment. They even they even spell it right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I know yeah. this is late coming, but that's what saved the movie for me was the the making fun of itself. Anyway. I also felt as though I was, you know, you know, actually, I'm going to call him full circle on Cole Young. I actually love that Cole Young was the main character, even though I would have liked Sonya Blade. That would have been a cool subversive twist to have the female as the lead in this, which I think would have been a great idea. But the fact that Cole Young was a guy who's thrown into this world of Mortal Kombat and immediately bought into it <laughs> was exactly how I was as an audience member, where I was just like, I'm along for the ride. Cole Young at no point questioned what was going on. He was like, <laughs> Mortal Kombat's happening. Okay, I got to prepare. What am I? What do I need? There's a man freezing everything around me. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Let's go for it. <laughs> Beats my failing MMA career. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, it was a pleasure. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Thank you. Get over here. <laughs> Our theme song is by David Huff. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Tinseltown Thunderdome. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you find your podcasts. Make sure to like and subscribe and leave a review to let us know how we're doing. Until next time, thanks for listening.